There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So if we are going to have hope, it's bound, it's uh, built upon something that is true, something that is from God, something that works, something that can be passed on. And so we have this hope. And that hope is built upon the very person of Jesus Christ. I don't know how you fell in love with Jesus. But when in my own mind I saw him hanging on that cross and on his shoulders was my sins, that was it. I fell in love with him because of what he did for me. And then the last thing, faith, hope, and love. Now, I hope that if you don't remember anything else I've said, that you hang on to this. Love always acts in the best interest of the other person. Got it? Love always acts in the best interest of the other person. Now, the way that works out, if if we're uh, uh, making some decision about our family and so forth, one of the first things I would want to do is say, well, how will this affect Billy? Mm -hmm. Love always acts in the best interest of the other person. Now, if you would like to imagine something that is possible but may not happen, what do you think this world would be like if everyone loved each other and they always made their decisions and acted upon the basis of what was best for the other person? Amen. Thank you. Grandpa, so obviously I've, I've seen you through the different stages of, of how, you know, you've loved your wife. And there's different stages of life. One of the stages that we're in right now with Grandma is that she's in hospice and not, not communicating a lot. And yet you get on your scooter and you drive down and you love on her and you're there with her, and what a beautiful representation of of how to love her in a a time that you don't know what's happening and how it's going on, and I thank you for leading the way for us all to know how to act in the interest of of the other person, to love them and spur them on, however that that looks, and I want to ask this question for you. You've been with Church Project even for two years or more, you know, coming more, coming here for maybe three years. And so you've seen us grow. You've seen the different, you know, I don't know, seasons of us. Uh, come, people coming and not coming and growing in different buildings. And so you've been in the different seasons just like you, you have with your wife. And I thank you for that. And I, and I also want to say, you know, as you look at where we're at right now, Church Project, and you look at all of our body. 
What is a word that maybe you could give us? You know, as Paul writes letters to the churches in, in the New Testament, he opens and says, to the church at so and such and such, I encourage you in this, or I have this to say to you. And so with church project sitting before you right now, to the church of church project, what would Jack Havens say to the state that we're in right now? I would say that you're, that you're always in a good state when you're following the Lord, of course. And, and I believe that this is one of the things that makes Church Project what it is. That uh, you're not doing your thing, you're doing the Lord's thing. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. You know, uh, Jesus was asked one time, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbors yourself. Now, I see that happening here in Church Project. And the more it happens here in Church Project, the more Church Project is going to bless the Lord. And the more Church Project is going to grow. And the more church project is going to fulfill the commission that God gave us to spread the good news throughout the whole world. Amen. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Hey, if I would, can, can we get Jeff and Ginger to come up here? Um, and in church, we're just going to pray for, for Grandpa right now. And, and Jeff and Ginger, if you can lead that in us and with us. And Church, if you want to join, that would be great. But what an incredible honor, Grandpa, for you to, to come and to be a part um, of even this morning and to show us how to love. So thank you very much. Well. Would you guys pray for Grandpa and join us here? Almighty God, um, we're just so honored to have a servant of yours before us and just to share wisdom from his own life, Lord. I just thank you for... Uh, the gifts that you give us in our life of people who just wholeheartedly walk with you and serve you. So we thank you for Grandpa. We thank you for um, just his um, his love for you. Lord, it's just obvious that is a part of his everyday life. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for his ministry to us and to Aaron and uh, just his legacy, Lord, that you have uh, shown through his life. And I just, I lift him up and I just thank you um, for his words this morning. Father, thank you uh, for this great man. Thank you for the words he shared with us today. Um, thank you for uh, the four generations of Havenses that are here today that we all get to uh, be blessed by, but um, that Grandpa started that legacy, that he's handed down that, that um, his faith and shown his faith, lived a life um, that shows how you want us to live and now um, at 90 years old can share with us um, what you've given to him what you've built in him um, and what he's passing down um, to the rest of the havenses and to us what a privilege it is to be a part of that Uh, what a privilege it is to to be able to hear um, from this great man and and to to experience his love that he is he has for you Um, just wells up joy inside my heart, God. Um, I pray that you continue to bless him um, and and give him the strength he needs for each day. 
thank you that he mentors Aaron, and um, I pray that that continues and, and we get to receive the benefits of that. Um, thanks, God, for this great church family. Thank you for bringing us all here to be able to hear this today. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, make sure you give him a hug uh, when, when, when you're leaving today. But thank you, Grandpa, very much. We're going to invite Ryan Doherty to, to come on up here. We can go sit down. Yeah, we can go sit down. Good morning. We can go sit down. Grandpa doesn't know that you're supposed to drop the mic when you <laughs> preach like that. <laughs> I don't think Jeremy would appreciate it either. So uh, we're entering into the final week of Advent, and uh, Advent is the anticipation of our Savior um, when he comes into the world and, and uh, lives his perfect life and then dies uh, a death for our sins and then, most importantly, is resurrected and conquers death so that we can have salvation. Um, when I was a kid... <clears throat> I like this movie. Actually, I really like this movie. When I was a kid, we didn't have a VCR at my house, so we had to rent a VCR. Maybe you guys, some of you might remember this, and you had to go and rent a VCR and movies. So it was kind of a big deal if we got to watch a movie at our house, and we had a little 19-inch Zenith uh, black and white. It was old school. Um, And it probably cost more than a 50-inch TV, actually, uh, nowadays. But I love this movie called Flight of the Navigator. Has anybody ever seen this movie? <clears throat> it's a Disney movie. It doesn't hold up very well. I watched it a couple of years ago and was not as impressed. But <laughs> I was younger and dumber back then. So, um, But it starts, the movie starts with the opening sequence with the credits. And it's showing a dog park in, uh, I think, San Francisco. And they're throwing Frisbees to dogs. And they're just filming dogs going up and catching these Frisbees in slow motion. And they're, like, twisting and turning and moving. And it's, for me, when I was a kid, I'm like, what in the world is this? This is unbelievable. I could not believe that these dogs would jump up and catch these Frisbees in their mouths. It was awesome. I had a dog, and his name was Shiloh, and um, he did not catch Frisbees. I would throw them at his head, and (laughs) nothing would happen. Shiloh was um, half Pekingese and half miniature poodle. He was called a -a Peekapoo. I loved him. Um, He was a pretty good dog. Uh, We won third place in 4-H in dog obedience, which was pretty awesome. There was only four people competing. We actually won. We actually got fourth place, but the third place person didn't show up to claim their ribbon, so I got that. So it sounds better when I just say third place. So he was an okay, obedient dog. Um, Yeah, I like that dog. He was a fine dog, but he was not a Frisbee dog. Um, He was not really a manly dog. Um, And so I always dreamed when I was younger that one day I would get a Frisbee dog. I would get a dog that I could throw a Frisbee to, and he would catch that and bring it back. And so my parents wouldn't let us get another dog. So I said, when I buy a house, 
when I'm older, I'm getting a dog and a real Frisbee dog. So I bought a house. I was married. Um, I did research. That's what I do. Whenever I buy something, I always research and try to find the best that I can find. And I did research, and I found the best Frisbee dogs are Australian Shepherds. And uh, they're super smart. Um, They're easy to train. They're very obedient. And so I said, I want an Australian Shepherd. I told my wife I wanted an Australian Shepherd. This is what I wanted when we got a dog, a Frisbee dog, a real Frisbee dog. (laughs) So one day I came home from work, and my wife says to me, I got a surprise for you. And I had no idea what she had got for me. And uh, she said, let me go get it. And so she goes back into the back room, and she comes out with a dog. And I look at this dog, and I just think, what in the world were you thinking? <laughs> she bought a pit bull, <clears throat> which is not an Australian shepherd. Not even close. She might as well have bought me a cat. <clears throat> So I look at, I don't say anything because I don't want to be in trouble, but I'm just thinking, like, what was she thinking when she bought this dog? So I have a pit bull, um, and uh, sometimes things in life work out in a way that you don't expect them to work out. Uh, This dog ended up being the best dog I've ever had. And here's a picture of her. And there's Elijah and Austin. And her name was Gracie Lou. She was named after the main character in Miss Congeniality. Um, She has a last name. Watch the movie. She was a little scary looking. She was very muscular. She looks pretty sweet right there, but she was very muscular. But she was very protective of the kids. Um, She really looked out for them. She never barked. I I had her for several years. I heard her bark about 10 times, and every time she barked, it was totally justified. She was trying to warn us of something else, and she was just a phenomenal dog. As a matter of fact, I don't think I can ever have a dog again because she was such a great dog that no other dog could live up to the standard that she had uh, set. Sometimes in life, our relationship with God is like that. We expect one thing, and we get another. And this is the story of Jesus. We expect one thing, and we get something totally different. The Israelites um, had been oppressed for hundreds of years, thousands of years. They had been in slavery, captives, and then out in slavery, they've always been, somebody's always been kind of looking over their shoulder. And they knew that one day God would send a Messiah that would come and save them from their oppression. They wanted a Messiah that would come and overthrow the government and set them up in a place of prominence. They wanted a warrior king that would come and take away all their problems, would defeat their enemies, and would establish them as a nation. They expected their Messiah to be great and mighty and powerful. They expected royalty, 
and they got a baby born in a barn from a teen mom. They expected a king riding a stallion into the city, and they got a homeless guy riding a donkey. They expected this warrior king, and we receive the Prince of Peace. They expected a master, and we got a slave. They expected a kingdom on earth that was powerful, and we receive the kingdom of God through Jesus. Many Israelites expected Israel's Savior, and we got the Savior of all humankind. In Christ, the king that you don't expect becomes a sacrifice that makes you into a new creation in him. So this Christmas, as you're leading up to Christmas Day, it's time to expect something unexpected from Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of your son who came to earth and was born in a barn to a teen mom who humbled himself um, for all humanity by living a perfect life, teaching us what it was to live a Christian godly life, and then establishing himself as the king of all kings through his sacrifice and his resurrection. God, as we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate your birth, but we celebrate your life, Mm -hmm. your death, and your resurrection. Help us to remember that we want something and we get something totally different. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the reminder, Ryan. Is Jared here? Jared Nelson? Yeah, Jared has an announcement for us, and I want to invite Allison to come on up, please. Hey, everybody. I hate the cold. I'm just going to say that. I'm still cold. My toes are cold. I hate the cold. I'm moving to Africa. That's all. So, anyways, uh, my announcement for today is uh, we, we have a parent meeting uh, right after the service today for all those students uh, that are going to winter retreat in January. Uh, the parent meeting will be at the teacher's lounge area over by the check-in for uh, Project Kids. So just come on there, and we'll, uh, we'll go through all the details. So that's all I got. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good job leading our, our, our project students. We appreciate it, man. So pick on them and go to the parent meeting. You want to sit down? Yeah. This, is, this is Allie Cairns. If Hi. you know her, you love her. So let's give her a welcome here today. Hello. <laughs> Our, our theme, our very casual theme today is let us consider how to spur each other on to love and good deeds. We started with our kids doing it, and that was awesome. We had our, our old eldest grandpa come up here and do it, Ryan, and now we are with you. How old are you, ma'am? I am 19 years 19 old. years old. Okay, so you've been gone. You were part of Church Project for a while. You graduated um, last year, and then you've been gone for six months where, where have you been? I was in Australia. Like I love church. Okay, all right. I love church. Okay, where have you yes, been for six it. months? Um, okay, so I've been in Australia and Hong Kong. So I was in Australia for three months and then about um, a month and a half in Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay, and, and what were you doing in, in places far, far away from 
Chick-fil-A in Greeley. Yeah. There's no Chick-fil-A in Australia, just so you know. Um, so I was a part of a program called YWAM, uh, Youth with a Mission. And um, basically I was studying to be a disciple, um, uh, especially in ministry. So um, the first three months of this program is called the lecture phase. And so we just learned about um, God and just how cool he is and um, what he's about. And then um, we got to put that to the test uh, for our outreach phase. And so we did a lot of ministry in Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So what was the hardest part of being away and experiencing Jesus and experiencing the church in different cultures? Mm. By the way, I didn't give her any warning as to what questions. I gave her one question I'd ask her, and that's at the end. So, and, and, I, and I asked her, you know, just like Grandpa, just be honest, just be real. Like, we're a church that's going to be very real in our responses, and so it's live. <laughs> okay. Um, well, okay, to be honest, uh, one th- the hardest part was realizing that um, – even though I'm away from home for this amount of time, like uh, life at home doesn't stop going. Um, and so lots of things happened while I was gone that was like, to me, it was my reality at home is going to be completely different when I come home. Um, and so, wow, I feel really loud. Um, <laughs> so I had to battle being present in Australia and present for the ministry that I was doing there, but also like, um, interceding for my family and praying for them and praying for um, my mom, who I found out had cancer like wh- like the m- uh, month into my studies. And um, so just so, m- so many things happened at home that I had to deal with as well as like growing closer to God. And um, man, it was so incredibly hard um, being far away from my family and like needing to be there for them, but also needing to... Um, like learn everything that God had in store for me in Australia and Hong Kong and um, being present for that as well mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah. So, so 19, first time significantly far away from home for, you know, for six months and then finding out your, your mom has cancer, things are going on at home that are, that are hard to, to process through. How, how do you, how did God, I think, form your identity when you were away and, and things were happening back home and hard things were happening and you're learning new cultures and new experiences and how has God formed your identity in the six months? Oh, man. That's a really good question. Um, the biggest theme of my past, like, six months was, like, surrendering my life to God. And um, that was really humbling. I had to really learn about... Um, the fact that I'm not the difference between my family being saved or um, my mom being healed or um, my siblings knowing who God is. Um, so that really helped me form um, my identity in Christ and knowing like God is so much bigger than everything that we face. Um, and he loves us more than we love each other. He loves my mom more than I love my mom and he loves my siblings more. And uh, so that I think in a nutshell has, um, with everything that happened at home, I only had one place to look, honestly. Um, man, I relied so much on my family to give me value and to give me purpose, and I relied so much on the things happening at home to, um, to, be, uh, yeah, to be my purpose. And so uh, I truly believe that all of that happened while I was gone so that um, God could get my attention. Um, and... 
now my identity is in him. Like, I only have one place to look, and I have only um, one direction to go, and that's, like, sprinting towards Jesus. So. 19. <laughs> wow, church. I don't know where you're at in life. I, I, I can't tell you this, that it's not going to be the easiest of roads as we live life. Grandpa has a saying that says, life is hard, but what, Grandpa? God is good. Life is tough, but God is good. I don't know what mistakes that you've made in the past. I don't, I don't know what your dynamics you're going through right now. I don't know what joys and what pains you're going through right now, but I want to tell you something, and I think we've been telling it to you all morning long. God is good. He, he will not give up on you. You can walk with God through the hardest things in life, even when you think that you don't know how you're going to walk through it. He's always there loving. He's always there forgiving. He's always there restoring. He's always there rebuilding. And he's always there giving incredible hope. At 19 in a faraway country, learning that your mom has cancer, God begins to speak this to you and gives you a a beautiful message that you can live the pains all the emotions everything about it you're embracing all the emotions and and expressing them the way God's asked you to express them not not push down sadness or anger or whatever it may be and he's growing you into a beautiful young woman we're excited to see what happens in your life as as you continue to grow and be a part of you know our our lives as well i do want to ask this of you though here you have been around the world more places than i have You've seen the church in different lights, in different contexts than many of us. And you're sitting here with a group of people that really love each other. And I think God's building a great church here. It's five and a half years old. I'm excited to see where we're at already. You have an opportunity to speak a whole global context into us. And so I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Grandpa. Paul writes the letters and he says to the church at... This is what I want to tell you. So to the Church of Church Project, what would Allie tell us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, something that was really cool for me to see um, all over the world is that, and this was really big for me to learn because I, uh, I went away believing that things were going to be completely different and that um, I wouldn't recognize God like halfway across the world. But um, the truth is God doesn't change. Mm. And, um, and so I, coming back, like being away for so long, I thought that the same idea, like I'd come home and things would seem so different. Um, yeah, but that's not true. God is always the same. And so where there are a lot of different things going on around the world um I still see the same God here in this church and I've been to huge churches and small churches and um the only thing that really matters that all of them have in common is uh the community and the relationships that you have and so um I just want to encourage you in that I guess um I feel welcome even though I was gone for so long and uh yeah, I like, keep being with each other and keep um, loving each other because that's, I mean, that's really all God asks us to do is to love each other. And I, I think love is a choice. And so when people, when new people come in, like, you can be the one to greet them. It doesn't have to be 
readers, it can be whoever. Um, yeah, I think uh, maybe one more thing is what I really loved to see when I was away is um, pretty much every church I went to, they prayed as a community, and they all prayed together in unison at one time, and it was really cool to see um, just a bunch of believers all agreeing in prayer, and I think prayer is one of the strongest things that we have, especially against the enemy, and so... um, I'd love to see that uh, blossom in church project. It's just uh, praying together and, like, um, being together in that sense. Like, that's so unbreakable, and that was a really cool thing to see while I was uh, both in Australia and Hong Kong. It was really awesome. I love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is what we're going to do. It is 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Sorry. Um, Can we do that? Yes. I I would love to do that. I think we're going to close out our gathering this morning by simply doing that very thing. Um, uh, so a couple of reminders. Next su- Saturday is our Christmas Eve. Next Sunday we do not meet, nor the following Sunday. Hopefully you're part of a house church and you have relationships. Turn in your response cards back in the offering box back there. We don't need to tear down chairs today. That's awesome. Don't use the bathroom when you leave. That's important also. But I'm sorry? Oh, you can. You can use the bathroom now. Okay, that's good. Some people are rushing out. Bye-bye. Okay, right now. Um, th- this is what we're going to do to end it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Allie. I don't know how to turn this off, so I'll just give it to Chad. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Allie to, to, to come into the middle, and I think it's appropriate that... Here you go, ma'am. I'll escort you. I think it's appropriate that we get Jonathan here first and foremost, the dad, to, to surround her. But then I'm going to ask... Church, all of us, um, if, you, if you would like, well, let's surround her today. Let's put our, our hands on her. And, I, and we've done this once before. And so go ahead and start moving, and, and, we'll, and we'll surround her. We've done this once before, church, um, but we're going to do this again. And this is actually very common in, in multiple countries. But as a church at large, let's just start praying over her. And that, and that means that it's going to be a chaos of just people individually pray, praying out loud for Allison, for whatever um, God lays on your heart for her. And it's just going to go, okay? So we're just going to start praying. I'm going to ask Elijah to play the music during that time. And whenever we're done praying, whenever you're done, that's it. Um, we can go and, and I'd encourage you to just uh, let this be a beautiful moment where it's you and God praying over Allison and maybe even it turns into praying over to the neighbor to your side. But that's it. That's the conclusion of Church Project today. And we'll just see you on uh, Saturday night for Christmas Eve. So why don't we just start praying over this beautiful woman? And we can go out loud.